You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Nooner Show with Jackie and Denise. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. A body organ. Rearranger. You feel my day. Time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We are broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios, high above Activate Gaming in Ferndale, Michigan. You can find us at DetroitPodcast.com. It's Nooner Time! Somebody bring me a mirror. Happy Hump Day, Jackie. Happy Hump Day, Denise. Glad to be here. I know. I know. Always glad to be here with you. I know. Well, we're not going to sit and chit-chat right now because we have a very special guest waiting, holding. I know. And it's early, so we're going to get right to our favorite segment. It's called What's the Wish, What's the Way, and What is in the Way? And this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Singing, acting, modeling, directing, producing, there's nothing she can't do and do well. As the daughter of rock legend Alice Cooper, Calico Cooper got a jump start to her career at an early age, helping her father choreograph and performing with him for his Brutal Planet World Tour. Since then, however, she has rocketed to fame on her own, starring in independent films, TV shows, and short films. She was recently she has recently appeared on the hit CBS series Hawaii Five O and is currently working on a movie in LA. We're gonna talk about that. Calico is also the producer and director for a digital advertising company called PNP, Pretty Nifty Productions. And on the phone to talk with us about her uh, career, it's the one and only Calico Corner. Calico Corner. <laughs> Calico Cooper. <laughs> I think it's too early for you, Denise. And it's noon you know, here. You know? Not, yeah, it's not noon here. It's uh, it's uh, there is that uh, there is that chain, the Calico Corners. I think it's like a, a fabric. It store. is a fabric if I store. Come up with that. It is. I'd be a basculionaire. Yeah, right. Well, your Calico Cooper is even better than Calico the other. We won't even bring up the other. But well, yeah. Well, that's a great slip up. That's okay. It's not my first slip up. I'm sure it won't be my last. Um, but we're so glad you called in, and we know it's early there. You're in L.A. It's 8 o'clock. We're here in Detroit. It's 11 o'clock. It, it does feel early here, too. But um, <laughs> what are you doing in L.A.? What's happening? Well, cur- currently, um, it's a really cool time of year uh, to to be in the industry, the, the entertainment industry, because, you know, generally spring and fall are uh, mostly TV. That's when all the new TV shows are getting filmed and coming out. And then uh, summer and winter is when they do a lot of film. 
so uh, we're in that really cool time where we're doing a bunch of really cool film. And uh, the audition process is, is super cool. It's like, uh, you know, you'll find yourself on one side of town auditioning for, you know, uh, a beauty queen that's gone mental, you know, and, and is going to kill her ex-husband. And then like 20 minutes later, you're on the other side of town, you're SWAT Officer Johnson. <laughs> wow. And so my car is always full of random knickknacks just to pass me off as pretty much any human being you can come up with. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I when we were doing our research and, you know, we were watching some of the things that independent films that, um, you know, you were part of it. You do go from horror to um, to um, comedy and you 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 do them so well. I mean, it, you're so diverse. And how does well, that happen? Well, I think there's a the, the line is is pretty fine between the two. I mean, in, in anything in, in an art form, I think that the more specific that you are, you know, the more you find like who who you are and how you work. So, like when I first came out here, the horror thing was a natural fit because I understood the genre. I was in it for so long, you know, doing the Alice Cooper show, right? You know, and I was raised around it, so I got it. Um, and it was kitschy to hire me at a young age, you know, to be like, oh, it's Alice Cooper's daughter, so I'm her, you know, these horror films and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it wasn't until a little bit later that they started writing them better, you know, and, and mm. you really don't, you know, I'm not, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like I didn't want to just, nobody owed me this, this job. So I, I didn't feel like, I wouldn't want to come out here and be like, it's kitschy that I'm in these movies. I wanted to, to be in good ones. And I wanted to pick, you know, the, the projects that I did and really like build a craft as opposed to build a celebrity. Does that make any oh, sense? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, and, and maybe to a fault, like, cause when my career finally like started taking off was when I sort of dropped that. It's not even a chip because it was never anything that I was like, Oh, poor me. I have a famous dad and my parents are really amazing. Like, you know, I I wasn't crying about it, but at the same time, I needed to prove to myself that I was good at at what I did. And so, I mean, I trained and still do, you know, with uh, there's this this acting coach, Ivana Chubbuck. She wrote a book uh, called The Power of the Actor. And she's like the super highly sought after coach in Los Angeles. And, And I started with her years ago and I had no idea how far I had to go. It's like, you know, the that typical karate movie where like the kid goes in and he thinks he's like all that and then like the old man is like, No, you are not <laughs> We we get that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're constantly really? reminded of no yeah. we're not that good. <laughs> you need at least somebody in your life. Hey, and if you know if you don't have that person, get married. The person will remind you every day. Yeah, no kidding. That. <laughs> um, that, you, you did bring up an interesting point. Um, it, because it does have to be challenging uh, to to have to create your own identity. Probably, you know, more difficult than than just the average person who wants to be an actor. Because, you know, you, you are Alice Cooper's daughter. And... You, it seems like it would be more difficult to try and create your own identity and, and get away from that. Yeah. And again, you know, you can't whinge too much. It, it, it's it, the opportunities that are given are amazing. And, mm-hmm. and the, but the problem is a lot of celebrities, kids 
explode and then fizzle Mm -hmm. because they're given these big opportunities and then, you know, they don't have much substance. I mean, I'm I'm obviously talking about a very select group of of people, but like there's some people with amazing talent. And, And I will go ahead and say pulling off a reality show believably Mm-hmm. And and becoming a star from that is t- is talent, right? Because it's one that I don't have. I tried, and I'm like super weird and interesting. I'm like, you know, if anybody was getting it followed around with cameras and it would like read, I thought it would be me. But you know, I, I was approached a couple of times at these shows, and it just turns out that you know, I'm better. And better being like playing someone else. Yeah, I'm super nice and well adjusted and everything like that. And I guess I could, if my heart was in it, I could have sold it. But I mean, I love like Kelly Osbourne. Her 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 journey from the Osbournes mm-hmm. into the fashion thing. I mean, right. she did Chicago. A lot of people don't know, you know, that she really had a huge a huge arc. And she has a long way to go. I mean, she's got so much she could do. Right. And, I mean, I remember just getting my socks knocked off when I met Sophie Simmons. Oh. I mean, when I, I talked to her, we did something for E mm-hmm. uh, ETV. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, so we're about the same age and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She, she At the time, she was 19. And this, this woman was poised, like, mm. got the joke, mm-hmm. like, not delusional. At, I, I, was, I was so impressed with her and so i guess rather than answering the question it is a hindrance if you don't really have much to to offer right the easiest thing in the world is to is to say and everybody has something to offer but if you don't have the desire right is what i'm trying to say so yeah, like yeah if you, you squander know, if, if that she, yeah if i wanted to like, I loved doing the Alice tour. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But the job was offered to me. I didn't have to audition. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. And so I was kind of given, like, solid ground to, like, start. You know, the first couple of years, I just worked there. But then I started creating. And I was allowed to, like, you know, you know, invent death sequences and, and bring in dance pieces. And, like, let's do this during this song. And, oh, this song always reminds me of, you know, this. Let's bring right. in of this fashion at this part. Like, and I was given that that free reign to do that, right? Um, and I could have done it the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and it and I loved it. I mean, what a worthy thing to do! I mean, I, right. I gained so many friends and, and fans, and sometimes those things are inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have I have people I met on that tour that'll be fans and friends forever, right? That'll follow me into my film career, which is so awesome, but. You know, I could have done it forever, and it was really hard the day that I was like, you know, I really feel like I can do this. And to step away from it, you know, was was a big jump, but I had enough confidence in my talent and myself right. to know that I could do it. And the support of my parents, which is was amazing. They, you know, they didn't say... Well, good luck never succeeding. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, well, but you, you, you've also studied the craft. I mean, you, you've, um, you've had, you've been in school, you took classes, right? I mean, you, it's not like you just, yeah, that wasn't I mean, the only it, thing. You it, didn't just work for your dad that way. You also studied it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially like when you move to LA or New York or you try to be an actor, like there's a huge uprising here right now 
about it, it kind of happened at Cannes where these these amazing um, veteran actors kind of said, can somebody tell me why the stars of these films are are Twitter stars, they're internet stars? Like, what, so the trend that was happening was if I went in and auditioned for a role as, you know, Jane Johnson, just, you know, mm-hmm. a talented actress that has credits, you know, and, and that's good. I would have lost that role to, you know, Molly Malone, who has 2 million Twitter followers wow. because she got in a fight with Nicki Minaj on Twitter. Right. Wow. And so there, but that was becoming a really disturbing tw- uh, trend. Mm-hmm. And um, so it kind of is getting called out now, you know, where it's like, what happened to the love and the art of your craft? You know, if you're a right. basketball player, you don't get to be on the freaking bulls because you have two million followers. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, as far as studying goes, I st- I came out here and I, you know, I did all everything. I wanted it. I wanted this to work, and I wanted to be good. And I didn't want to give anybody a reason because it's so easy for people to go, "Hey, get some celebrity kid. I'm not bringing her in for this. Like, right. waste my time. Right? It's, it'd be harder for me to even get in the door." especially, like you said, for comedy. Right. Nobody wants to hire... They, they see the last name. Right. And they're like, oh, she's probably got, you know, long black hair and she's goth and she, you know, blah, 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 takes herself way too seriously. And, you know, I just... I had to fight against sort of like a stereotype. Right. So, you know, I trained with the best comedy out here. I was with the Groundlings. I was with Upright Citizens. Brigade, you know, I, I studied with Ivana Chavez, who's an amazing comedy and drama. I, I went to Stella Adler Academy, like, you know, and all while not being, because you can't be one-sided, you can't say like, I'm just going to study. Study all you want, but then you got to unleash it right somewhere. So, what's different now is that an actor, as opposed to like the 80s and 90s, you just had to be a good actor. Mm-hmm. But now you have to you need a business degree. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Which because is, you, the, is... You, you have to be able to market yourself and sell yourself and, you know, and know how to network, which honestly, you would think that I would be good at that. I am terrible at going to a party and talking about myself. It, it seems so unnatural to stand in a group of people. And, you know, let's say that these two guys are, you know, the, the writer and producer of the show I want to be on. Yeah. It, it's like, I just feel so unnatural being like, oh, hi, I'm Calico, blah, blah, blah. I love your show. You know, when I was on Hawaii Five, oh, <laughs> when I finished Henry Danger. Like, because I just, but you know what? You have to. Right. You have to you get over yourself. Get over it. You know, be awkward later in your trailer when you got the job. Right, right. That's good advice. I yeah, mean, it really is. There's so many people out there that, and Jackie and I talk about it all the time. You know, that networking, of course, we're a lot older than you are, and it's even more difficult for our generation, right. I think. So, right. kind of refreshing to hear someone of your age saying that as well. Because we still use flip phones, Denise and I, so we're really bad. We have no Twitter you know, followers. Think about, yeah, in, in, any, in any aspect, it's like, you know, I remember I found out about six months ago. About the people buy friends and like. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. How about I didn't know? I 
swear to you, I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know. And so, and, and somebody was like, somebody was like, oh yeah, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, I, I'm starting a new business, so I'm going to have to buy, you know, a couple, like 20,000 followers. And I was like, wow. what? And I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. And so I was like, that's a thing? Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah. They're like, you don't really think I have, you know, 50,000 followers. He's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a shoe designer. And I was like, well, how, what? <laughs> I had no idea. So wow. that made the, you know, the 9,000 people that follow me on Instagram, that made me feel so good about myself inadvertently. Right. Cause they're real. But I was like, wow, like these people actually support me and right. like me and like want to like, you know, I just, I think I buried in the, in the social media world and I try really hard to, to like stay relevant and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is that that's not part of my craft. Right. It's part of the business. Right. You know, thing of it. And that's why, you know, for me, I'm an, I mostly Instagram because I love taking pictures and, and seeing things from my perspective, like a funny sort of bent on everything but right. you know on twitter i just don't assume that you care about what i had for lunch <laughs> right oh we talk about this all the time right. i'm so uh, i'm like oh I'm, but it you know I'm it sounds it, I, I am too but it sounds like the, your approach to things um really is is going to create staying power for you un, unlike the people that you know might explode with um you know not real friends and then fizzle um yeah. It, you it's know, more like a popularity a great, contest is what it becomes. Yeah, and you're my staying a great with the thing she taught me before, you know, before I moved out. And it's so simple, but it's so relevant. She used to say to me all the time when I would try to defend myself for not doing something or, or you know, not completing something. She just said simply, you will do what's important to you. Right. And That's so, good. and it seems like so simple until, <laughs> watch, the next time that applies to you, you'll be like, ugh. So, you know, if I forget to, you know, uh, call my husband and let him know I'm coming home, you know, a couple hours late because blah, 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 forgot, you'll do what's important to you. If it was important for me to make him feel good and confident, I would have made that call. Right. You know, and as far as social media and stuff goes, when somebody says, you know, well, you didn't tweet through, like, I just did uh, the show Henry Danger on Nickelodeon. Mm. Oh, great. And I didn't tweet through the whole show as is the new thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of shows ask that you do that. Hmm. I didn't tweet through the whole thing because I was enjoying myself. Right. I was enjoying watching the show. Wow. To do what's important to you. I wanted to see how the show unfolded. I was interested in the other actors performance. I was interested how, how my performance turned out. I wasn't disconnected going, well, did you see that? This? And I did it. You know what I mean? Like wow. I was just, yeah. You'll do what's important to you. You were in the moment. Well, and that makes for a better performance. Yeah. You know? Well, I, you know, you got to learn from it. So tell us about the movie um, that you're filming right now. Uh, I'm doing a movie based off of, it's a horror film based off of a famous nursery rhyme. And they're currently being pretty tight-lipped about it. Um, mm-hmm. However, I can say that uh, it's... It, <laughs> how do I put this? 
it's um I get to play I can tell you who I play, which is so weird. I've never played anybody like this. You know the guy in these movies that's like the eccentric crazy guy that figures it out before everyone else and nobody believes him and then oh, believes yeah. that I finally end. Yeah. There's always that guy. Mm-hmm. So I play his daughter. Mm. And so yeah, and so <laughs> I get to be sort of I defend his honor throughout this process because he's no longer there and you know and all the mm. things that he discovered about this this horrendous demon and the whole thing and you know so I by proxy am the crazy paper throwing nobody's listening to me person. Oh. And um when is it expected to be released? Like how long will this take to to film? Uh you know it's it's interesting with every uh, film and every network. This this particular movie is not extremely. Uh, the more VFX visual effects that there are, like computer wise, the longer that it takes. Oh, really? To edit, yeah, because you know you have to do believable VFX and and, and everything. So for something like this, it's not very. I mean, it's got a lot of action, but it's all. What I love about it is it's a lot of it's very real. And, you know, I love bringing real makeup and effects in and real stunt people and real that that just really, I think, gives a classy polish to a film. But it's really scary. I read the script and I was like, duh. (laughs) I mean, you know, immediately when you read the script, you're like, I got to do this one. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes a little imagination. I think I'm at the point in my career now where I can be a little more choosy about like I'm I'm. In the, the point right now where I'm really focusing on uh, television, and that's something that mm. in any in any art form, like you know, we we're talking about being specific. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you can come out to LA and get super overwhelmed and go, like, well, I want to do film and television and and plays and you know everything, and you might touch on stuff. But I love the format of TV. I want to be a series regular on a show. And that's because my work ethic is I like getting up and going to work every day. Yeah. You like so, that schedule and that consistency. Yeah. And I also like the, the time to tell the story, like is on TV. You know what I mean? Like that nothing beats the, the, you know, why you can't stop watching Lost, why you can't stop watching Once Upon a Time. I mean, I know those are the same writers, but like mm-hmm. they craft a story where it's like, I've got to know where this relationship goes. And it's not about as much like, that's a perfect example. So Lost and Once Upon a Time are the same writers. One is on, you know, this crazy island in the middle of nowhere, and one is in a completely fictional storybook land. Hmm. It doesn't matter where they are or what the crazy circumstances are. These writers write relationship. And that's why you can't stop watching it. Mm. It's not about the dragons or the smoke monster or whatever. You are addicted to where this relationship is going, just like we are in real life. Right. When we become like Twitter pated with someone or crushing on someone, you like you can't go to sleep because you're dying to know where this relationship is going to go. Right. Now, do you have a so, like a thought of what kind of TV? I mean, do you prefer comedy or do you like the drama or? You know, I feel more comfortable. It's, it's crazy because I I do a lot of funny stuff and and. I'm just kind of a, a naturally funny person, but like I love bringing that into a drama. So 
you know, whereas a part is written where it's like, you know, it's just very like serious and maudlin. Uh, Ivana Chubbuck teaches, you know, finding, as we do as human beings, finding the comedy in just tragic situations, mm. which makes you super likable. I mean, right. when you go to a funeral, you don't walk in and cry the entire time. There are moments right. where you're thinking, I wonder if anybody brought food. <laughs> like, I wonder, like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's true and it's human. And, like, the more that we, that we like, understand that, like, right. you could portray a real human being if you understand why, why we do all this stuff. And, like, so, you know, she teaches that kind of stuff. And that's what, that's why I like drama. I like to be that per- person that's the light in the darkness. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know what really I mean? Good. In a dark situation, like even the character I played on Hawaii Five, oh, it's like it's a typical like I killed a guy and now they're gonna ask me about it. And and when I auditioned, you know, the director was saying what we liked about it is I played a, a groupie a, a groupie that kills the object of her affection, you know, the singer in the mm-hmm. band. And the reason that I got the job, he said, is because Everybody else came in and played their idea of a groupie, which is like, oh my gosh, like this like dumb airheaded, like, you know, yeah. sort of like, you know, sketch comedy version of a groupie. Right. And for me, in my life experience, the people that I've seen, you know, around that were the real like fans, I never use the word groupie like with them, but like fan fans, right. even the ones that are a little off. You know, when I was doing the Cooper show, I noticed that they had this weird thing where they came across as though they deserved to be there more than you did. Oh, um, wow. Interesting. Wow. You know what I mean? They were enti- they had an entitlement, wow. which I always thought was really interesting. And so I tried to bring that in, you know, when I was auditioning for, you know, yeah, I killed him, but like... You, you don't have all the information. Let me explain why I had I had to. Wow! And it wasn't like I have to. Like I had to. Uh. Yeah. I was like pitying them that they didn't understand the nature right. of this relationship, and like it's okay. I don't expect you to get it. You know, kind of thing. But so, like that's real. That's where real crazy people come from. So you gave it's it a, a very a, justified point of view, right? And you gave it you gave it a different twist, one that they're right. And I tried to be funny and charming because like hey if you're about to put me in jail and i know you are <laughs> like i'm gonna try every tactic i can to get out of there so if you watch that little clip it's I like did, yeah. you know i try to be funny and i try mm-hmm. to seduce and i try to make them laugh you know and i try that like i try every which way but loose to get these people to see where i'm coming from yeah there were a lot of emotions i saw that clip and and i yeah, that was a pretty amazing. But that's that Chubbuck technique. She she teaches something that's really difficult to teach. And in comedy, like I just did, like I said, Henry Danger is a Nickelodeon. Like it's a multi-camera comedy. You're supposed to go as big as humanly possible. You know, because not only is it a multi-cam sitcom, it's a kids multi-cam sitcom. Mm. So, I mean, like Dirk does not describe it. It's a, you have to go so far over the line and it's so fun like as far as fun goes i would love to be on a show like that all the time because the director's notes were so great he was like okay how believable can you make this 
and still go as far as you humanly possibly can. Wow. And so it was hilarious. I was dressed up like I, I played a Canadian supervillain named Tabitha. <laughs> and I'm coming down on this small town and I'm, I'm a Canadian supervillain dressed as a Mexican luchador. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. But it was so fun. And I mean, the whole cast was so awesome. Such a, an interesting jump from a procedural, which is Hawaii Five-0, which was very like, you know, you could see the camera difference. Like that camera was up in my thought process. Like it literally, when we were filming it, the guy had a camera three inches from my face. Wow. You know, and that's why you could see all that cool stuff, but that's very drama and procedural. Like Mm -hmm. it's not so much what you're saying. They film a lot of reacting, like a lot of you hearing what's going on. And, and if you're doing your job right, you know, as an actor, you, you secretly, you cross your fingers when you do a procedural or a drama, and you know that the closer they get to you, the better job you're doing. Wow. Because, because I mean, they're reading off of you all these, like, emotions and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They can just cut away, especially if you're in a scene with, like, two of the show stars. Right. You know, they're going to get the airtime. So, you know, like I was saying, it's hard to to market yourself and always be you know, pushing your career forward. But I knew that I had to like come in swinging and do the best job I could. Cause I want to keep working. Right. So when that show aired, I was so nervous. And then I was in a room with a bunch of my actor friends from the Ivana studio and the show started playing and my scene started. It was all like super close on my face. They're like, Oh, you dog. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. You sound like you love what you do. Yeah. It's obvious. You love what you do. You you can I love it. Yeah, I mean it comes through. Right, you know, we, right. Um, and and it's funny because as we were doing our research and we watched other interviews and um, your personality is just uh, I can't get over how humble you are. Um, that's one of the things that we talked about. And we said, God, I wish she could come to the studio right. with us <laughs> and be face to face. We don't. Uh, we we were brought up sort of with the philosophy of like, you know. Like, as far as, like, people always say, doesn't it bother you to everywhere you guys go? It's like, hey, can you stop? Can we get an autograph? Can get a picture? Can you talk to my mom on the phone? Can you? And, you know, as a teenager, I did have a, a couple of months there where I was like, ah. Yeah. And my dad explained to me, he was like, let me tell you something. He goes, that lady that just stopped us for five minutes, he's like, she has bought every single record that I ever put out. He's like, she's the reason that you got a nice car. Wow. She's the reason that you go to college. She's the reason that, you know, and so compile that with everybody that stops you. And it's like, that's the reason that, you know, we have a nice life. And if you can't take a couple of minutes to just smile, nod, say thank you. Of course, there's times when it's inappropriate. Of course, there's times when it's a little bit harder. Right. But we are very, very, like, we had to work for our allowance when we were kids. Like, we had to go and, like, work with my grandma at uh, the swap meet, like, moving boxes and stuff. And Wow. Like, you know, none of us ever got big for our britches because we always had a job. Right. You wow. know, we always had to work for something. And I, and I think that parents are such a huge deal. Like, when kids look at them, you know, if my parents lived, like, insanely opulently and, like, you know we're rude to wait staff and we're, you know, like mm. impatient and all that, that rubs off on a kid. Right. right. We look up to our parents, you know, we want right. 
want that. But my dad has always been, you know, such a such a funny guy. And I think that I picked up in life that he got what he wanted because he was kind and he was funny. Right. Wow. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. And, and and you are doing it. And again, like one, you can hear it just through the radio, just through the interview. You can <laughs> you can tell, you can hear it. Um, and we we were going to ask you also about your mom. Um, tell us yeah. about her. My mom is an amazing lady. My parents just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. Wow. Good for um, them. That's fantastic. I know. And it, it, that's, that's hard in in any arena, especially right. this business. Right. You know, but I think that they have, they have a lot of things in common um, that really yoke them together. And one of those things is faith. You know, they, we are right. our entire family are Christian family and we have that base of like, it's, it's basically a check-in point where it's like, okay, whoa, how far away from this am I getting? Wow. You know what I mean? How like, it's a pretty good gauge of like, you know, you're going to make a decision or, or, you know, say something or do something. It's like, oh, okay, let's check in with this. So my parents are super in love with each other. My mom's amazing. She, um, you know, she met my dad on the tour when she was, you know, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've just been in love ever since. And, and she's definitely the, uh, you know, she she runs the house. I mean, she's definitely the person that taught me about you know money and and you know responsibility with that. And she she was more of the the disciplinarian, okay. which I appreciate mm-hmm. because it taught me you know a lot about responsibility. And she's like super beautiful dancer. And for a while, that's what I thought I wanted to do. And so I sort of like followed in those footsteps and I'm so right. glad that I have that that talent now just in my back pocket right right because it was ballet right need... was she a pro- yeah yeah ballet okay ballet based and, and she's I mean obviously she's a gorgeous lady yes yeah, she, she is which is and you are too is, oh thank you so much but yeah she uh in high school the joke was nobody would ever say that I was good looking it was always a secondhand comment where they would go Oh man, your mom is so hot. <laughs> and then they go, "You look just like her." But it was never like I do. Uh, you know, yeah. Like all the guys in high school are like, "Dude, is your mom home?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, are you are you sporting blonde or brown hair, or brunette? Are you blonde or brunette right now? I am. I'm brunette. Um, it was funny enough. It's the blonde hair. Just it was so fun for a long time, but I could not get jobs oh, because oh. when I and my personality and like the roles that I go for, I don't read as blonde. Oh, okay. And like it looks nice and everything, but like you know when I I go out for roles, I always get sort of like in comedy or drama, they're always darker people. And true, so true, true. I don't know. It's just there's something about I just never got jobs. Hmm. You look so different. I don't have. As a like in pictures, I know it is. I mean, a lot of people don't look that different. I can look a million different ways, which is another reason that you know this is a good choice for a career. But like, you know, I I can be unrecognizable with like red hair, black hair. It's 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 a it's a crazy thing. But again, you know, with the LA thing, it's like you got to know your brand, right? And for me, I'm not gonna be you know surf babe. 
I'm not going to be, you know, uh, the blonde trophy wife. Like, I'm going to go out for, you know, the psycho ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, but you were you, you know I, you were listed as one of the hottest. Um, yeah, uh, what was that? Rock star yeah. daughters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's that's an interesting story about ego. That's that's so funny. So, um, a buddy of mine sent me the link, and I was in my living room with a bunch of my girlfriends, like two or three of my girlfriends, and they're like, "Whoa, look at that! Hottest rock star daughter." And I said, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "What's this?" like top 20 and they're like yeah and i was like what number am i (laughs) i'm like forget it it's so funny because like i don't get sucked into that and the minute that it gets turned on my doorstep i was like what number am i they're like oh on the maxim list you're number five and i was like huh (laughs) that's great (laughs) and i was like I go, uh, uh, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Who are the four before me? Oh, gosh. That's but you good. have to admit, you know, you like own it, own your ego a little bit because it's like I was, yeah. I was getting so, that's how you know God has a sense of humor. I was getting so <laughs> preachy about like, it's not about that. It's not about the celebrity. It's about the talent and blah, blah, blah. And the minute somebody's like, top 20 house rock star daughters, I'm like, five? <laughs> That is funny. Darn it, I think that's awesome. I do too. Both the fact that you were five and. It's like if somebody was like, the funniest, you know, shows in Detroit, and you came in, like, the worst is the closest you get to one. Oh, yeah, you're right, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. The closer you get to one, so they're like, the Nooner Show, number three, and you're like, huh. Yeah, that that is so true. That that is good. I would have thought about it unless it got put to you. You know, right? Yeah, right. That is really good. Oh, we have so many things on this list. We do want to talk about if you if you're willing, um, the pretty nifty productions. Nice. Yes. Such a cool. Not expected thing. I know. Okay. All right. I mean, I was looking at all the stuff about you, and I, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought this is really cool. So it's a digital advertising company, right? Yes, and essentially what it is, is so in this day and age, not, I mean, there's people still watching TV, but (laughs) most people watch their shows on the internet. Most people watch YouTube, most people, you know, so companies are having to take that into consideration and do a lot, a lot more money and a lot more time into digital advertising, which is you know, those really annoying commercials before your YouTube clip, (laughs) you know, and that kind of stuff, you know. Um, So what we do is we started off very small and then just like got enormous. Um, We provide those spots, you know, usually 30 to 60 second commercials and uh, pretty nifty's brand. Like, you know, like I said, know your brand. Um, You know, we don't do the sleek car commercial where the guy's like smoking a pipe you know, kind of thing. We could, and we have absolutely the technology to do it and kill it. Um, but we really specialize in, um, in taking a brand that's previously taken themselves very seriously and making it funny. Yeah. Right? Like Virgin so, America. You know, kind of the trend right now is that it's called the anti-campaign. So the anti-campaign is making fun of the product. 
Yeah. Oh, what a You know, that's why like the commercials like Axe and stuff like that. Yeah. They're like, you know, the Axe by phrase like, look, I'm on a beach. Now I'm on a horse. Now I'm drinking a margarita. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> that's an example of like, we get that this deodorant is not going to whisk you away to Fiji, but it's funnier and I remember them, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Oh, what a great so, approach. Yeah, it's really been awesome. And it's a, it's a project that, like I said, started... You know, it started itty bitty. It started off with a little competition where it was like, oh, we were going to do, you know, submit this like $5,000 commercial. Fast forward two years later and like 60 spots later, and we're using the same camera they use on Lord of the Rings. Wow. Like, you know, it's like these <laughs> massive productions. And now we are doing the serious stuff. Like, we are doing, um, you know, those those car commercials that they shoot up in the Alps. You know, kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. MasterCard is flying us to Japan. Oh, wow. wow. So how much, much, in a week's time or a month's time, or how much time do you spend doing that? I mean, how do you balance the all the things that you have going on? You know, it's funny because, you know, just recently I got really sick and the doctor was like, okay, really going to have to start managing your your stress and your time to get, you know, to get you back healthy quicker. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And I took a quiz, you know, like on a scale of one to 10, whatever. And I was saying, okay, stress level three, you know, how, how much uh, stress and time do you spend doing this and this and this? I'm like, not four. But the truth is I've lost touch with the normal pace of life. I don't understand. I don't wow. remember what it's like to not, you know, get up at eight and be out all day, busy all day, phone ringing all day. You've got eight places to be that day and people are trying to add on top of it. You know, like you're on the phone with MasterCard trying to get the flights for Japan and then, you know, you're getting a call. Hey, can you be in Culver City to audition for Scorpion in 35 minutes? And you're like, ah, yeah. You busted you on the freeway, you know, kind of thing. Like that's a normal pace of life for us. And for me, and so try adding being married, newly married on top of that. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, we really had to, had to figure that out, but you, you make it work. And once you start doing well, you can start taking things away. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so now I spend a little less time, uh, you know, going out and networking with like casting directors and things like that. Like I still do it, but not, it's, I'm not filling every moment up with it because now I do have a husband and now, right. um, you know, now we do have pretty nifty and now I'm getting the jobs that I want on network television, which are speaking for themselves. So I'm not having to like, you know, vouch for myself. People go, sure, I'm a really good actor. Like, right. Now I have video that I can be like, I can spend five minutes talking to you instead of 45 minutes. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. But I'll keep that in mind the next time I think I'm busy. I'll just think about you. Denise, you're not busy. You're not busy. Yeah, and, well, <laughs> and then you think about stuff where, like, I keep looking in my fridge going, why doesn't the food fairy deliver? Like, what is, why is there never anything to eat here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine's the laundry fairy. Where's the laundry fairy? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that's. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You just, God, you just reminded me. I, I get home, like I said, super late, and I always, like, 
the horrible habit of throwing laundry in the wash <laughs> and I let it wash overnight and then first thing in the morning I throw it in the dryer. <laughs> Go put and it in the dryer. This morning I would have totally forgotten if you hadn't just said that. <laughs> Uh, what is your I mean, your husband must be I mean, you're, you know, he must be he must know what you do and, you know, fall in love with you for all that. But does it get crazy for him? Yeah, I mean, he is if you look on uh, Pretty Nifty, he is Jed Williams. He's oh, the, uh, oh, the head okay. of Pretty Nifty. Gotcha. So we um, we actually met in um, we were running the same sort of the same thing. He's a director and. Uh, has done a, a bunch of acting in his own right. So he and I met at the Ivanovich Studios about, you know, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were buddies for years and we just got married on October 3rd. Wow. But yeah, you got to have the same sort of like, he sees life, and this is where I think my parents' relationship works. He sees life through the same lens that I see it. Right. Where like, you know, we can see something horribly tragic happening and both of us, you know, are trying not to laugh, you know, or like we can, or we can both like start crying during like a dog commercial, you know, it's just like, yeah. you have to be, you have to see things through the same lens as the other person. Like, you know, we went on this like beautiful date the other yesterday to the beach and there was this guy, this big shirtless guy with like long hair and he was wearing like water socks and these, like tiny little speedo bathing suit. And he was carrying all this stuff on the beach and he was walking as fast as he could to try to like catch up with his kids <laughs> and his one kid just stopped dead in front of him and he didn't see the kid and he just oh, fell no. ass over tea kettle with all of his stuff his big hairy belly and everything and he just ate it and I mean other people around us were like oh my god I have to help him and Jed and I could not pull it together oh my gosh <laughs> I I mean, he was fine he yeah. didn't get hurt but yeah. he was just like he was so flustered trying to keep up with his kids. He was just like, boom. Wow. There's a commercial. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, wow. it sounds like you you definitely have fun. Um, so, and, and congratulations, by the way, on your, yes. on your oh, marriage. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, we, we, uh, we're having a blast, especially working at Pretty Nifty together. Like, we just did a, a spot for Nature Valley, you know, those, uh, the crumble, those crumbly um, granola bars. Yeah. Well, they were one of those companies that's like, hey, listen, we know our granola balls, bars fall apart all the time, so let's make fun of it. <laughs> so we we married our knowledge of comedy and horror, and we did a uh, a spot where it was um, it was a chainsaw murderer, like that's following this cra- this like trail of crumbs through the forest. Oh my god! Like the, the granola trail. So he like follows it through the forest and he comes up to a cabin and then he kicks the door down and revs the chainsaw and the kids are like, ah, he like takes the nature Valley bar and he's like, mm. like, it's just, yeah. like, it was really funny. It and is. It, I saw it. It was so much fun to shoot. It was. Oh, I it, love that spot. It looked like a blast. Actually, I was watching a lot of different, uh, uh, of the commercials that you do for yeah. Pretty Nifty Productions and there are some great ones on there. So Keep doing what you're doing, Calico, and yeah. I hope... You know the baby spot? The one with the two babies? Oh, yeah. Who did, yeah how did you those make my mouse move, move oh, like she that? She said those were her nephews. Wow. Those were her nephews. That was yeah, adorable. Yeah, those were my nephews. That's Falcon and Riot, my brother's, oh. my brother's twin boys. Oh, what a blast. Wow. So what's <laughs> what can we expect um, as far as like what, the movie? That's 
next, right, for you as far as... Yeah, the film The film okay. comes out next. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'll, since I'm getting really good at social media, <laughs> um, I'll put that all out. Like, it'll be out there and you'll know when it's coming out and who's in it and everything, which is super cool. Um, also, uh, yeah, like, I'll be... Uh, this this fall is coming up. It's a great time for pilots. So everybody, uh, say your prayers. Spit in your hat. Cross yeah. your fingers that I get the uh, the recurring role that I want. Awesome. But, uh, we'll put a good, also, good vibe uh, out. we've got Bisto coming up, which is the band that I sing. Right, right, right. In fact, we're going to close the show today with two of the songs. Now, are you guys touring at all? We are. So the interesting thing is, uh, the Bisto Blanco is um, Chuck Garrick, who's my dad's bass player. Okay. Uh, he and I front the band, and we're sort of like Mickey and Mallory from Natural Born Killers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a yeah. great character to put on. Yeah. Like, I can just sort of feel it. Like before I go on stage, it's just this like crazy, unbridled sexuality uh-huh. and like violence that I would never. And obviously, it lives in all of us. But I have permission for this hour to just find whatever she thinks up, whatever, mm. you know, comes up and I have carte blanche to just do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's a cool character. I love playing. It's definitely super fun. But he and I front the band and then we have uh, Chris Latham, who is a uh, guitar player out here in LA and he was in a bunch of cool bands, Paperback Hero and all that stuff. And then Jan McGraw and Tim Husung, who are both German. Oh, and wow. And they live in Germany and play in bands like Dora Pesh and stuff like that out there. So, when we get together, it's got to be when Alice isn't touring, when Doro's not touring. Mm-hmm. So we'll meet like for three weeks and just go hard. Wow. Like, you know, three weeks solid of shows. But we're, we're going to do um, that. What is that? Monsters of Rock Cruise. Oh, okay. Yeah. In February, Bisto will be on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. So we're, uh, oh, cool. we're excited to do that. We're going to see some old friends. And any, um, yeah. any uh, new releases? Uh, yeah, actually, our album is going to come out. I think right before we do that. Okay. What? So, and I just did a I just did a cover, which took a little bit of convincing for me because I, you know, like how I feel about, you know, you don't want to ride the coattails or anything. But somebody at the record label was like, "Hey, you guys should cover this Alice song, and Calico should sing it, but completely like in her own style." And I was like, ah, "I don't know, kind of seems." And then I put it down, and it sounds like a Nina Simone version of his song. And I was like, oh, what well, so- that's nice. What song is that? <laughs> I, I can't say. We're going to release it oh. like in a couple weeks. Oh, I can't wait. Wow. I think that's yeah, an but awesome idea. It, it turned idea. out really good. And I was a little, like I said, reticent. I was like, I don't know if that's going to come off weird. But the song is so good. The production is so good. And it's so different. Oh, how cool! From his version of it, yeah, it's just rad. Oh, that is really cool. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we're going to be paying attention to what's going on, and you know, especially when when uh, the song drops or uh, the movie and everything else, we will promote it. So, um, and we will put up links on our site. Um, to your Thanks. website, yeah, you have a great website. Yeah, you really do. Your website's really oh, you good. Know, can I just give a mad props up to the guy that did it? His name is Darren Allison, and he, uh, I met him years ago as an Alice fan, and he's a huge Bisto supporter, mm-hmm. and he was just like, you know, when we met the first time we were playing in Scotland, he goes, you know, your website, it's, you know, it's not very good, is it? And I was like, <laughs> well, it's like, it, 
you know, it's it's okay. He goes, why don't you let me do it, doll? And he's like, give me a passcode and I'll fix it up. And so now it's like this radical website. He's so good at what he does. It is good. And people can go to that. I mean, there's a lot of great things on there people can look at and And, and check out. What we were talking about, one of the things that we really liked is how it starts with welcome to my world. And then this world is like all different things. And you just feel like you're going on this virtual (laughs) tour here of, you know. A lot. Cal- so. Calico's world. It sounds fascinating and fun and keep up the great work. Keep that passion. You can yes. you can feel it right through the right and, through the phone. Any chances that you guys will perform in Detroit, your band? Oh Bisto? Yeah. Uh, no doubt. No doubt at all. We uh oh. we hit uh Europe last and so the East Coast is is kind of due for a Bisto beating. Well, I'll tell you what, we'd love to have the whole band on. So um, you know, if you're gonna be here more than one day um, we maybe we can work something out. We can always come to you as well. If you can't come, if yeah, you guys can't to come to that. the studio, we'd love to have you guys on. And you know, like I said, we'll really promote it. We really want to meet you because you you just um, you're very humble, and uh, you can tell that um, just your personality. I mean, it's, it's just uh, it's con- <laughs> except for when you tell me that I'm only the fifth hottest. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, we weren't the ones voting. We would have you would have been number one if we were voting. So you know, uh, but hey, five in the top twenty is not bad. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it, especially since I think I have ten years on all the other people that were on the list. <laughs> All right. You'd never know it. But well, anyway, no, thank, thank you. you. Yes. We'll, we'll let you go. We know you've got a lot to do. And uh, we appreciate you calling in. And we'll look forward to what's coming up. And then we will um, awesome. We will have our um, CEO email you the, um, the date that it's going to air and the link and everything else um, just so you, you can listen to it. And, you know, hopefully you'll be on the show again. And we're going to close our Perfect. show right now. We are going to um, close the show with... Um, Playing the song California. Wonderful. And we want to leave you with this. Remember, sometimes your only available transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Have a great day.
You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Nooner Show with Jackie and Denise.